This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Attention, the Milf and Me podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional conversations of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts, Antonio and Diana, are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. We are happy to be a part of the Deluxe Edition Network. Please find them at deluxeeditionnetwork.com and tune in to the two featured podcasts of the month, that being the Barrel-Aged Chicks and the Deep Dark Secrets Podcast. So without further ado, let's get into the show. I think we should go on a break. What do you mean? Well, I want the comfort of you being there for me. But I also really want to hook up with this hot guy that I've been DMing lately. But if he realizes <laughs> he doesn't want to be with me, then I want to go back to being exclusive with you. Oh, okay. Huh. That seems cool. Okay. <laughs> See ya. All right, sounds good. That's so me. <laughs> oh, babe, you're back. <laughs> Guys are such dicks. Oh, no. That guy that I was DMing that said he just wanted to rail me? Didn't actually want to date me. No. Or his friends. Tyler, Jimmy, Jerry, Michael, Jake, Chad, Joseph, Braxton, Malcolm Kellner. That douchebag broke my heart. Oh. I think I made a huge mistake. Babe, who would have thought the guy you just threw yourself at with almost no effort on his part wouldn't want to date you? So are we back to being exclusive? You know, I think I'd like that. Wait, you didn't hook up with anyone, did you? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> never break your trust oh my god. <laughs> Does that ring true to anybody? Yeah, <laughs> you. That's you. And welcome to the Milf and Me podcast. I'm your host, Antonio, here with my lovely co-host, Diana. Diana, welcome back to the studio. Thanks. Thank you. And we have a very special guest today, another Milf in the room. We've got Michelle Sorensen of You've Got So Many Things Going On. I know you as the Velveteine Serpent Queen, but you've also got other businesses. Let's say local social media influencer, dancer, health coach. How about you fill in the rest? <laughs> Oh, gosh. I mean, I just feel like I'm so multifaceted and a multi-potentialite, really. Like, I thought that maybe I could get into having one focus with what I fell in love with, but it just expanded as I got more familiar with myself as an individual and realized that I didn't fit into just one category. And so that's turned into coaching, boudoir photography, exotic photography, belly dancing, fusion dancing, exotic floor dancing. Like uh, there's so many yeah. things that you've got going on. And what I think is the most admirable part about it is that you are also a mom while you're creating this empire for yourself. And the fact that we are in Utah, one of the most conservative states in the country that frowns upon some of the things that you're into. That's really what we want to talk about today is like, how did this get started? Mm. I actually discovered belly dancing when I first moved to Salt Lake City after getting married at a very young age. Ooh, which how young? I was 19 years old. Mm, that's the magic number we've yeah. been figuring out. Not really common. But <laughs> Super common with our guests. We had a we have a very good friend now, Mariah of the Salty Sex Cast. 
she's based out of northern Utah and she got married at 19 too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a cultural thing. I think um, Steph did too, no? Yeah, Steph did too. Steph did too. And then my best friend's little sister did too. <laughs> I was 21, barely, I think, or something. I don't know. But anyway, where did you move from? Just from uh, here in Woods Cross. So I oh, like was okay. living with my parents after a year of college and I met my then husband mm-hmm. and we were Mormon Got married in the church, you know, and moved to Salt Lake City and we're ready to start a family pretty soon thereafter. I was I think I was 23 when I had my first kid. So I found belly dance prior to that. I found it the the fall of the year that we got married. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling something particularly in my gut when I saw it. Something that really like drew me to it. And it wasn't necessarily the fact uh, that the women were more exposed and seemed more free in like their dress. It was more like how they were moving. The quality of their movement is what really drew me to it. And it resonated deep inside. So I just started like classes that fall. I went over and signed up at the tent of the people who were putting on the show. Mm -hmm. And I just became obsessed with it. I started doing one class a week, which then turned into like three classes a week. And I was always practicing like in my tiny room upstairs in my condo and I something about it like feeling free especially in the spinal movement woke something up in me that Hmm. I can't quite describe but I feel like it's because it was just not rigid you know and I had grown up in such a rigid household my parents were super strict I was in Mormon religion which is super strict and so I feel like it was the exit from rigidity for me that was like my initiation into more a more fluid way of living I find that fascinating too because you know I don't consider belly dancing a a sexualized form of expression as more of I feel it's like a internalized sense of expression we live in Utah ballroom dancing is huge here and I've always laughed at the hypocrisy of it is that yeah, so many Mormon kids do ballroom dancing. I grew up in it. You dabbled your toe in it for a minute. You know how people in it. Mm-hmm. BYU had like one of the largest ballroom dancing teams in the world. And here we're teaching our young men and women to like not be sexual and not expose their sexuality and keep that all bottled up and save yourself for marriage. But when it comes to ballroom dancing, hey, how about we put you in the tightest fucking dress you've ever worn in your life and dress and act slinkly and sexily yeah. for hundreds of people compete doing this, make a career out of this. But then once you're off the stage, you stop. I've always laughed at the hypocrisy of that. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I grew up in Provo, not Mormon, Mm. but my my dad's Greek. So there was a restaurant in Salt Lake downtown called the Grecian Gardens. Mm -hmm. And- Oh, that's old. That like barely, that was like on its way out as I was entering. Yeah. So So how old are you? I'm 37 in July. Okay, I'll be 42 in July. So we used to go to dinner as a family. I mean, it was like a big deal to leave Utah County and go over the point of the mountain to do anything into Salt Lake. But whenever we would go there to eat, I mean, like I said, I didn't grow up Mormon. We weren't even religious. You know, my dad was Greek Orthodox and my mom grew up Southern Baptist. And even I would be like getting all weird and shy because they would have belly dancers in the (laughs) restaurant as like entertainment. And I was just so intrigued by it. But I still felt like, oh, I can't look at her. Like, I can't look at this. But like I said, 
I didn't even grow up with that Mormon. We didn't have that even in the house at all. It's just that is what I was surrounded by. Yeah, you start absorbing. Everybody that I was associated with, every friend, everybody, right? But I have been so obsessed with belly dancing and I've never done it, not once. I've never taken one single class in my entire life. But Antonio showed me your Instagram and he's like, you can't do that, die. You would break your hip. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Like, I know I'm old, but Jesus you Christ. You could totally do it. But yeah, my body, I'm not sure if my body could even move like that. But it is, it's really interesting to think that you were suppressed, right? During your, I don't know, growing up and then maybe in your marriage. And I wasn't even at all. And it was something I didn't even think to dabble around in mm. even a little bit. Mm. But the ones that... It, they feel guilty almost doing that. They are the ones that seem to do it. Get out of their shell, break out of their shell. Like mm-hmm. you said, yeah. it does something to you. You know, when you're fluid and you're able to move your body in that way, you feel free because it, it is yours. Yeah. This is your body. It's yeah. your vessel. You get to do what you want with it. Absolutely. That's super powerful stuff. Absolutely. I feel like that is a way actually that I began to gain control over my own life. Mm. And it was through the modality of gaining control, like finite control of my body. Yeah. So that was really important to me in being able to exit places of suppression. I love that. I love that because it's all you. There's Mm. no one else involved right there. That's just you. Exactly. So many women need this. I need this. Jesus Christ, I need this. So like what does the support look like from let's say family members or spouses or friends because I do know a lot of people who were kind of like if not shunned let's just say they were lightly shamed like oh you're doing that that's your hobby oh you're not coming to book club with us because you're doing whatever gyration dance class who's gonna be there like who goes to that with you like they're probably wondering who's in the room with you while you're doing it too what does that look Mm -hmm. like so when I first started dancing my spouse was actually fairly supportive um because I was just doing like local shows with my classmates and it wasn't anything that I had planned on making into a career. If I'm honest, like I just started because I felt drawn to it. And so once I started like doing more shows, like putting more stuff out online about what I was doing and then like turning it into a career and starting to travel with it and Mm -hmm. starting to make some real money, like doing what I loved. And a lot of that was too much for my former spouse like it was just it felt kind of emasculating first of all for him because I was then the breadwinner in the household too and he grew up very traditionally because he grew up Mormon which like that's like the stereotypical male female roles is where like the man will provide and the woman will stay home and have babies yeah exactly go make a fucking casserole stay in the kitchen yeah I was just watching that uh, Shiny Happy People, the Duggar documentary on Amazon. Because I told you to watch it. And Kristen was watching it too. Everyone in Utah is watching it. Holy (laughs) shit. It's like, oh, wow. But yeah, they they have like this hierarchy. They call it the authority and the mercy. And the husband's the authority and the the wife is the mercy. Yeah. And a lot of LDS people don't want to admit it, but there are a lot of families that practice that kind of uh, family hierarchy here. Yeah, there are some progressive Mormons. I know lots of them, too, and they're getting out of it. But that still kind of exists. And it's sad because what sounds like your situation, I've I've heard people like this before. It always starts off with like the husband trying to be supportive. And it's like, yes, you do you. And then there's one one moment in time 
where it just pushes the isn't that the barrier? Yeah, isn't and that? Then there's no going back. It's so mm-hmm. fucked up too, because it's like you are earning some money, and it's like going towards your family, mm-hmm. and you're a together, you're a partnership. Like he benefits from that just as much as anyone else under your roof. Mm-hmm. So it's like no, 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 no. I'm good with that if it was just a hobby. But the second you get passionate about it and mm-hmm. start making money, and I've seen that. I've seen it, not just hearing her situation. And it's like, why are you so butthurt over this? Like, just fucking chill out. Right. It's good. It's good to have you turning your hobby into your profession and loving what you do. I am so envious of that. Like, that is so fucking beautiful. It's just amazing. It's so inspiring. Seriously. Yeah. I. It mostly, I think, was... Like he started to feel like because of how visible I was. Right. That I was then like doing it for the attention of men is what Mm -hmm. he assumed. He's like, oh, you're putting Mm -hmm. these things out here to get attention from men. And I'm like, no, literally, I'm trying to draw women yeah, to my classes. This is a like, women this thing. Is, why, yeah. Where do you think I'm going to make my money from, dudes? I would have been like, you should be, <laughs> you should be more worried about the women falling in love with me than yeah. the dude. <laughs> so For let's real, talk about that. For real. And so he would like question my fidelity because of like the sensual content that I started to put out right. on social media. And then it turned into like a lot of slut shaming for the things that I chose to wear. Right. And I just think that there was, I mean, obviously incompatibility in religious beliefs because it, I, I left the church 11 years ago, almost 12 years ago. And so I stayed with a Mormon man up until two years ago. Mm. Oh. Even though I wasn't Mormon. Oh, a lot of people don't know this. Okay. okay. I assumed you all I, just left together. I left oh. the church. <laughs> I left the church at that exact timeline right when I turned 30, which was 11 years ago. Yeah. Interesting. I let that's when I left. I had a mini midlife crisis right when I turned 30. Yeah, there was definitely like a moment when I was like, I'm done. Yeah, mm-hmm. good for you. I know yeah. that moment. Yeah, threw my garments in the trash can, the whole thing. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, I like leaned across the bishop's desk and like slammed my hand on his desk in front of him and like yeah. basically just chewed him a new asshole. Oh, okay. <laughs> I bet, I bet he loved that. I probably felt good for him. Yeah, he probably. <laughs> He probably has. He a probably key. jerked he probably off. Has, he probably got off on that. Yeah, he probably got off on that. He's like, "Oh, I needed a second asshole. This is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun here." I'm dead. I love this. That's cr- you know. So it's crazy, but again, it's not the. It's not uncommon in this state. We've talked about this with several guests. We've read plenty of stories about it. You know, we did an episode dedicated to, you know, the rise of polyamory and swinger communities in Utah. Mm. Yeah. And to me, that's just another way that people have, like you said, many midlife crisis. Yeah. It's just another way that people have learned to adapt sub conservative culture, you know, some still stay in the church and they do it, but like, it's a way to kind of explore their sexuality without really becoming the, the sluts or the, Pimp or whatever the it's like terms we're are staying using. Married, like we're not getting divorced. We're it's staying married. Justific- we're just sharing yeah, each it's other. Justification yeah. of their sexual exploration. Yes. And when you can share those common traits with other people, you feel more comfortable in doing it. Mm. And you have turned it into career because you're bringing women who are feeling the exact same thing. Like the one thing that Mariah said about sexual awakenings and sexual enlightenment. Yeah. You know, you do see that in these communities because, like you said, something about at age thirty, even if you've had a couple kids. It's that halfway mark in a lot of people's mind where it's like, am I going to spend the rest of my life in a modest dress and wearing modest shorts right? and taking the kids to soccer? Or am I going to let this fire inside me burn brighter? 
And I've been seeing that. I see people that are doing the exotic dancing. I see people that are taking pole lessons. I'm, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of that. And I think it's fantastic because it pisses off the straights. And if yeah. there's one thing I love about living in Utah now, especially Salt Lake City, is seeing the straights getting pissed off because people are just saying, you know what? Fuck your church. Fuck your standards. Yeah. Fuck all this bullshit that you've been putting in our minds for years. We're going to start living our lives and we're going to do it extra just yeah. to piss you off a little bit more. Yeah, I have a question. Like, do you feel, because I feel like it's mostly women judging other women. Do you feel that? Like if more women were more accepting and embracing and loving, like, for example, if I were to wear something more sexy at the grocery store or something, it wouldn't be the men that were looking at me going, Jesus fucking Christ, why are you wearing that here? Yeah. It's the women, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think just... um culturally societally like women are pitted against each other naturally with like the things that we're exposed to yeah and it's all coming from the patriarchy yeah okay? it's all coming from there but I had to exp- I had to like really work that out on my own actually when I started belly dancing that was just like the gateway drug for me to like then explore other forms of expression like pole dance mm-hmm. so when I got into the circus and the pole world I actually was very adamant that I was like not a stripper. Like that was like my thing. And I like now in retrospect, I understand like how wrong that was for me to like posture myself. Yeah. Interesting. Um, But that's how it started. You know, I had to like unlearn that, that, that strippers were bad or that yeah. sex work was bad because I was coming from a place of Mormon culture my entire that life. That is so crazy. I'm so and I know. It's really interesting. By this. It's really interesting because I've just evolved so much like I in the complete this. opposite direction. But it wasn't just like a, a, like a complete switch. I had to get there in my own way mm-hmm. gradually. So I avoided doing the poll. I only was doing the silks when I went to. Ooh, yeah, yeah. that's so but sexy. I would, I love always, the silks. I would always watch the pole dancers. Like mm-hmm. I was yeah. always so curious, and I was like, "Why am I not allowing myself to explore this? Like, yeah. what, what am I so afraid of that like someone's going to think I'm associated with strip clubs? Okay, well, what does that do it's to me? Not nothing stigma. really. Like it's just the stigma. Yeah, of it there's all. a fear. There's a fear around being perceived that way with a lot of women, especially in Utah, because I hear it all the time. A lot of new dancers that come in to like pole classes will yeah. be like oh oh but I'm not a stripper oh yeah. but I'm not a stripper and you're like whoa 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 yeah <laughs> and you're like, like well, but you're, you're hearing it yeah. yeah and you're like doing this art form that like basically was started by strippers there like, it is let's right. be real art, like you art form, art form. that is you, the key word you just said it, it right is, there it's sensual and it's it can be sexual and it's an art form I I think that truly though like any kind of like sex work performative sex work is art like, yeah, it is. I agree. Not anyone can do it. Trust me. Yeah, you. <laughs> totally agree with this. So I have to make an announcement. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we can edit this out or cut it out if we decide to. Um, but I dabbled around and joined OnlyFans a few months Hell yeah. Back Hell because yeah. I wanted to see that world. I wasn't sure anything about it. And I... I hate to admit this, but I was a little judgy with it. Like, how the fuck are these women making so much money? I want to know how, how, how. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So I got on and I posted some things, nothing of my face, you know, because I was mm-hmm. really still kind of weird about that. Um, I have since deleted my account, but I earned so much respect for those women and men. Anyone that is part of that world, 
it is a full-time fucking job 24 7 more than 24 7 holy shit people are demanding yeah they're giving you their money they want shit right now and if you don't give it to them you'll lose them Mm -hmm. like you have to it's a hustle it's you have to entertain these people so to your point my whole mindset on so much shit has just switched and flipped within the last couple months because of that, because of me dabbling around, fucking around on there. Mm-hmm. There is so much respect, even with strippers. Like that is a world that I admire. I look at these women and I'm like, God damn. Like I, yesterday I had a full day. I had three kids, two kids graduated. Three of them is the last day of school. I was on my feet all day and I got home and thought I was going to fucking die. And these women are putting their body on a stage, stage ready, 100% all day long, Mm -hmm. earning money for their families. That is respect. That to me (laughs) is respect above anything else. Yeah. So it's amazing. And I wish more women embraced other women, honestly. Like that's where we need to make a change. We need to do better. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I actually got into stripping after Mm -hmm. I started doing pole dance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was equally as curious. I was like, I just want to know what this world is like because I have no room to like say anything unless I have experienced or have like become familiar with whatever it is I am like sitting back and judging. Uh So I entered the strip club world and it totally flipped my mindset. Yes. See with with like even stereotyping strippers. Like, so I have, I've obviously have come a long way because I now dabble in sex work and I have an OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it just was like experiencing these things is what really helped me to evolve as a human being. Yep. I totally believe and support that with everything I have. I mean, like I said, if more women embraced other women, instead of putting a judgment out there so quickly, mm-hmm. maybe they should sit the fuck down and create an account themselves yeah, or sit their ass in a strip club yeah, for an evening or yeah. two evenings in a row and fucking watch. And I think it's funny, like on the men's point of view, because at the end of the day, men just keep talking themselves in circles with this shit. We talk a lot of shit about the red pill guys out there right now who would totally just be so against any kind of sex work. They're like, you can't date an OnlyFans girl. You can't date a girl with the past. You can't date a girl who was a stripper because that's going to reflect on you as a grown up. They don't want to admit that the reason why they hate sex work for females is because females have all the power. Mm. Their clientele are men and they know that they can control the men's wallet. They can control the men's attitudes. Yeah. They can even control the men's fidelity to their spouse if they want. Women are powerful as fuck. And they don't want people to realize that. So they shit on this a hundred percent. That's why you have so many of them saying, Oh, you could, you should only marry virgins. You, even if you're 40, you should marry a virgin yeah. or marry a 19-year-old or 20 or 20-year-old, a woman that hasn't had a chance to like discover her sexuality yet or the subtext discover how much power a woman's sexuality has over all men. Yeah, those That's men are it, those men are surfacey as fuck. Like they can't even go to the level that right. that we are of, Exactly. This but this isn't about the attention. It's but about we live powering. in a state full of those men. Right. And so when we talk about you in the dating pool, yes. and I don't know what your romantic life looks like. But mine's a shit show. Yours is a shit I don't, show. I don't even <laughs> fucking date anymore, put because it that way. She 
I don't date. Men are trying to project themselves as someone who is supportive of her sexuality and her mm. past and stuff like that. Yeah. And then a couple months in, when you start having deep conversations or talk, or in our case, Small Lake City, someone yep. hears about someone you fucked, someone yep. hears about someone <laughs> oh, that yeah, you dated or whatever, then the slut shaming begins. Oh, yeah. Then the manipulation begins. Manipulation, judgment, all of it. All even, of it. Even, wait, wait, you go to Antonio's house to do the podcast? And then it's like all of a sudden my oh. hobby of my podcast is now an issue because I have a best friend that's a dude. They wow. say, like, they my see best pictures friend, of this light and this My ambiance. best friend has a dick. That's basically <laughs> it. Like my best friend has a dick and not yeah. a vagina. Right. Like there's nothing happening here. His child's in the other room. and yeah, his, It doesn't matter that I have partner, a partner. His, <laughs> and a baby. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it's, the thing, it's just weird. Everything is weird. And it really is, honestly, going off of, you know, what we were just talking about. Those men are too surfacey to understand this has nothing to do with attention from other men. Mm-hmm. This is an empowering thing that women, especially our age, especially mothers. Yeah. We have grown babies in our fucking body. We have literally made a human. I've made three humans. It is so fucking empowering to be able to feel sexy, mm-hmm. move your body. Right. I mean, and, wow. And to reclaim it like for yes. nine months out of each of the, well, longer than that, because you're like, you got a baby on your tit. All you of know? it. Like- <laughs> and recovery. I mean, I had two C-sections. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that amount of time has been taken from you. Like, yes, mm-hmm. it's wonderful to be a mom, but also- like, it's really nice to reclaim your body yes, when you're is. done having the baby. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm reclaiming right now. My kid, my yeah. youngest is 12 and it feels great. I mean, yeah. and when I, when I say reclaim, I mean, I am looking at every, every area, every level of everything. Like I told you, the OnlyFans thing. Um, and I didn't grow up Mormon, but I did become Mormon when I was 18. I got baptized, okay? Interesting. But all my friends growing up were all Mormon. I was so worried about who was going to see that oh. I had an OnlyFans. I was so caught up on that. And finally, I just let that go, you know? Um, but my biggest thing on this whole world is shut the fuck up. Everyone needs to shut the fuck up, <laughs> quite honestly. Sit the fuck yeah. down and shut up. Yeah. You do it, and then you can judge. Mm-hmm. you do it, then judge. You cannot judge something. You cannot tell me that you don't like to eat this food if you've never tried it. Like Exactly. I mean, I tell we tell our kids that all the time, right? Yeah. As moms. <laughs> like, eat your fucking vegetables. They're fine. They're good for you. But uh, the point is, this is one of the most respected, for me, personally, I respect this industry and this world so much than I ever have in my entire life. And if it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't even be my mental state, emotional state wouldn't even be here mm. thinking about it and respecting it like I do. So I appreciate you bringing women together is what we need times one million. Yeah. We need your studio <laughs> on every fucking corner. We seriously need to replace the Mormon churches that we see right. every studios <laughs> or build one right your next dad's to it. Studios. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah. I, would, I would not mind that. Yes. Either. I mean, it's just, it's powerful women supporting women and embracing that and no judgment is what this world needs. Honestly. Yeah. I think a lot of times, like when I personally experience like hesitation or judgment or criticism from women, I feel sad 
Yeah. Because I know that they likely are not embodied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is why they are like struggling with witnessing me being fully embodied and fully expressed is because they want to be. Yeah. Anytime you see something in someone and there's like hard feelings that come up, you know, there's like, something. you know, there's something there. Like, you know, that you either desire that. Yep. Or like you got to figure out why you dislike it because Absolutely. it's most likely not even a dislike. It's like something that you're just not facing in yourself. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And that, I think that's one of the biggest things that this state has always tried to do to control its people is they want to obscure things from people. I mean, remember back when we were high school kids, the mall next to us made Victoria's Secret cover up all of its posters. What? And they made like all these different shops in the mall take down like their sexy bikini photos and things like that because we don't want the boys to look at it because they'll give them ideas. I feel that we still kind of exist in that. It's not the boys' fault. It's your guys' fault for acting sexy and dressing sexy that gives us bad ideas and bad thoughts. And eventually, if we let's say, sexually assault somebody, if we have infidelity on our spouse or our girlfriend. No one ever blames the dude in the state. It's because, well, what were you wearing? Yeah. How were you acting? Oh, yeah. What were you What were you doing with all these guys? Why were you drinking wine? Like, yep. we still live in that kind of society here. Mm-hmm. Salt Lake, I feel, has gotten better about like kind of pushing it out into the outskirts of the suburbs and the smaller towns in Utah. But at the same time, the church still controls so much of what's going on in the city when it comes to exposure and stuff like that. So yeah. it is a uphill battle, but it's people like her and, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, really cool things happening in local music scenes. We're seeing burlesque in Salt Lake. Yeah. We're making strides. Yeah, no, we are for sure. My big question for you, Michelle is what does your clientele look like? What are their stories? So I obviously am a dance teacher, so I have a lot of dance students and a lot of the people, I can't even say just women because I do have male students as well. Um, But a lot of the people who come to me are looking for a way to feel embodied. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where it begins. And maybe they don't know how to express that and say that out loud, but that's what they're feeling. Because they see a lot of them have told me that like as an example of how I present myself, how I'm fully expressed and how I'm authentic and genuine, like they want that. And so then they come to dance thinking that's the way that they're going to get it. But that's just a like a step in the process. It's not even the end all be all. Yeah, you're just like providing the space and you're like the safety zone for them. They've got to get there. And the coach. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which is why like. I've really started thinking of like stepping into more of like a coaching aspect of what I do instead of just a teacher. So I think that I am very capable of being a mentor and a coach in the same way where it doesn't even necessarily need to involve dance. I'm a really good space holder and I'm a really good question asker. Yes. I'm a really good permission slip for people because I will not shame anybody looking to be fully expressed mm-hmm. exactly. I will hold space for that 100% as long as you're not hurting people you know like if your full expression is like taking a gun in public we're not right. going to do that you know what right. I mean like it's <laughs> yeah it's different but yeah so anybody who's like really wanting to be embodied or fully expressed like I'm so here for it and I actually started doing um cam work recently mm-hmm. too like through OnlyFans is how I've met these cam clients yeah and 
I it's really interesting to see like how a lot of these men that I've worked with really just want to be granted permission to feel and think and like act in the way that they desire like mm-hmm. without that judgment it. that is it she has said some keywords are you jotting this down in your notes section like permission 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 slip. you know what did you say we just recorded um it was last it would have been last week's episode you suggested I be a mediator for married couples or something because... What I said is that you should be the sexual mediator for couples that did not know how to express their sexuality to each other. Which is a permission slip. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. People feel safe around you. People feel safe around me too. I get that a lot. I've had a lot of people open up to me about things that they haven't been able to say to their spouse of 30 years mm-hmm. wow. or family or best friends that they are with every day and yeah. it's like wow how powerful is that right you feel it, so safe around me you know yes. and it sucks too though because oh, one of the one bad. of the people in that situation will even just consider that infidelity right like, oh i know the fact that you exposed emotions to another woman oh, I know. that's just as bad as fucking her in so many people's minds i know and i have zero interest and so does this so do these people like right. we have zero yeah. interest but the but that is the thing it's an emotional affair right mm-hmm. and so the permission is so huge to be able to be a safety zone, a safe place. That is like a godsend. And you're an empath. I can feel that too. Absolutely. I'm an energy feeler and I feel yeah. you. But um, that is really huge. I would love to get involved in that world somehow with you. Because yeah. it is beautiful It'd be, to be able to be just a space. Yeah. Like you're just holding a space. And when people come around that energy... They tend to um, learn vulnerability more than they would ever mm-hmm. be able to with anybody else. And they wouldn't even mm-hmm. know you. They wouldn't even hardly know you. You know, like they're just meeting you for the first time and they could just spill their guts to you or move their yeah. body or however for the very first time ever meeting you because that is the feeling that people get when they're around you. Yeah. The same thing has happened with like my photography clients Ooh, I yeah. where like I do these nude photo shoots out in nature through curious curves is Mm -hmm. what I've been calling it. And so often like women and men were like, I've never like felt so comfortable naked in front of somebody. Like it just feels natural. And I'm like, cause it's, I don't make it weird. Yeah. It is natural. And you don't give a fuck. It is natural. It's natural. It's not predatory. It's not. You're not looking at them going, Oh my God. No. Her boobs are way too big or small or whatever. Like there's nothing. You're just there because it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been able to be a space holder in that way too, where like people can start to feel more comfortable just like being a human with a body. Right. You know, it's like not about gender. It's not about sexuality. It's literally you're a human with a body and that is normal. And, and there's nothing shameful about being nude. Oh yeah. I fucking love this because it's something I've been saying to people who are really close to me. Our body is all we have at the end of the day. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And, you know, you can either build it up and make it beautiful. You can eat a bunch of cheeseburgers and, and yep. destroy it. It's the it's only thing in your life that is yours, yours and that you own. Yeah. And there's a lot of debate about, so what are you? Are you your body or are you your mind? And if there's a soul, are you your soul? I like to think that your body is what holds everything in, even if your soul and mind exist afterwards. So whatever you're doing with your body in your lifetime, how long or short that is, 
make the most out of it. It's if just you want to destroy it and bring yeah. it back, great. Yeah. If you've been in shape for 20 years and that last 20 years, you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go to in and out every day. Yeah. It's yours. Absolutely. But the this part is the part that I love. It's like, okay, it's yours. You own it. How do you feel about expressing it? Let's take it a deeper level. Let's take it level. that next level. Yeah. And I love that. I know. I love it too. What do you think the future of, let's say, body positivity, sexual expression, and I'm not going to say sex work, but what you're doing when you're t- doing dance and you're doing these creative outlets for people and their bodies and their sexuality, what does the future look like that in Utah? I mean, you're seeing glowing and growing clientele, but- is it something that's sustainable? Is it something that you think is going to get bigger? Or do you think someone's going to come with a big fucking mallet and smash it because it gets too big? I mean, there's already like so many laws in place of like what is able to be exposed, like right. in certain circumstances, like with the burlesque club prohibition, we have to have a certain amount of coverage on everything. Otherwise mm-hmm. we would be considered like sex workers and there is a different license for that. And so there's already so many limitations as far as like, especially what women are able to wear in like a performative or public space. Is it just like that here in Utah or is it like that everywhere else? Like, what is it like in Vegas or New York or California? Like, is it like that everywhere or is it just? I mean, think about Bible Belt and red states. That's where you're going to find the more uh, laws that are a little bit more intrusive to what people are doing with their sexuality. I tell you right now, I lived in Portland for three years. No one gives a fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just like just like Las Vegas. I mean, you can go into a juice bar and have a full nude cabaret. You know, it, so really, it we're is. We're not quite there yet. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. I'm sure there are other areas, but Utah yeah. is particularly strict when it comes to that. I mean, you saw that they like um, the Pornhub. Yeah, you can't even get you can't fucking even get Pornhub now. Yeah. Yeah, that's good for OnlyFans. I'm telling you right now. Is, I mean, though. that's what they said. If you, have, if you want to do that. an OnlyFans, now's the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those fuckers. You want to be secret? Well, then you're just going to have to get on OnlyFans and pay a little money. <laughs> yeah, serious. It's so fucked up. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you can finish answering the question, but I say go for it. Don't fucking stop. Yeah. Go. Go hard. Yeah. I say the same. Do more. Do more. It's like buy some land next to every Mormon church. Michelle, every week, Diane and I bring a love guru to the table that we find on social media, Instagram, TikTok, mostly Instagram. That's where they like to play. And Diana has never seen them. I find them and we deconstruct them. Once in a while, we'll do an episode that's nothing but that. We call it Love Guruette. Maybe we'll have you on sometime and we can do that together. But this is the one I wanted to play for Diana today. Are you ready? Ready. Want to know how I know that your ex wasn't your soulmate? Because they're your ex. If you subscribe to the idea that you only get one soulmate in your entire life, I can promise you that your ex isn't it. I refuse to believe that the universe only gives you one soulmate and then has that person completely break your heart. Remember, your ex was not and never will be your last chance at love. What do you think about that, Diana? Yeah, I agree. Totally. Yeah, she's right. Yeah, I think you can have um, lots of soulmates. And I really do believe that you can have soulmates of the opposite sex or I mean, same sex as well. Like if for me, I'm straight. Mm hmm. Um, I'm not even bisexual, but I do believe that I can have a soulmate that is a woman for sure, even though we're not intimate or sexual. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I mean, intimacy is so many levels of the word intimacy, right? But as far as being romantic and sexual with another woman, um, I believe that you can have a soulmate. Like you can have a soulmate that's a dude, mm-hmm. you know, same thing. But yeah, I do believe that for sure. She's right. Um, I know why you played that too, because we just had this conversation. Well, you didn't uh, used to have that thought. No, I didn't. Uh-uh. And this has been probably within the past year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but Antonio and I had a conversation about my soulmate slash twin flame that I met a year and a half or so after my divorce, maybe two years after my divorce. And we were together for a year and a half. We were engaged and he was fucking around. I caught him and I have never been able to feel that since then, Mm. you know, and he begged for me back. And I, I told Antonio, I should have, that was my should have, I should have taken him back or everyone has a should have you know. figured that whole thing out. Right. But I'm the type of person that cannot wonder what my person's doing when I'm not around. Like, oh, I don't want that shit in my life, you know? So I cut it off cold Turkey. Like I severed it and he tried for a couple months to get things back together, but I wasn't having it. And I've been divorced for 11 years. So it's been a struggle to try to f- replace that feeling, mm. you know? Um, but I do, I do believe that it's, that it's possible and that there's more than one soulmate. I mean, that's, that would be insane to think that you could only have one single soulmate. Out of everyone this, on the planet. This whole entire fucking yeah. world. That's yeah. insane, you know? Um, what are your thoughts on this, Michelle? Um, I believe that there are certain people that are meant to come into your sphere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is not necessarily a timeline attached to any of those individuals. Yeah. They're there for as long as they need to be there. And I think that once people like realize that, that you just because you fall in love does not mean that that's the end and that's the best you'll ever have. It's such a scarcity mindset, truly to like put yourself in that position to think, Oh, this was the greatest thing I've ever felt. Therefore it is the greatest thing that will ever exist. Yeah. I used to feel that we both did. I mean, I think that comes with age when you're younger and you're in the romantic phase of like, everything is just so special and unique because you're discovering emotions or let's say someone rocks your world sexually and you're like, Oh, this is it. This is it. <laughs> and then they and turn then out to ends. be a fucking dick, you know? And then it ends and, and, and you're ends. like, I'm dead. I'm going to die now. Cause this ended. Right. Uh, I used to believe in that soulmate shit too. And the twin flame shit too. That's why I have a goddamn tattoo on my arm. I still believe in it. Someone talked me into when I was 18 and yeah. I don't know where she's at. She has the other one, but yeah, yeah. that's how we are when we're young. Yeah. And as we get older, and especially, I, I don't think that the human spirit and the human heart was meant to go through life without getting fucked over at least a hundred times. Yeah. It's what makes you you, right? Yeah. Like if if you've never experienced heartbreak or adversity, or if you've never had someone just call you an asshole to your face or even push you, yeah. then what the fuck is your life? Right. Like but you still believe in that, right? Twin flame and soulmate. I mean, I do, but I just believe that you can have more. I believe you can have one. more. And yeah. I especially yeah. love what she says, where there's no timeline on what it is. People are meant to come into your life and change you. Yeah. And if they stay or not, that's fine. You know, like fairy godmother, they leave at midnight, whatever. Yeah. That shit happens all the time. 
what I, I know. have learned. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, I fucking know. <laughs> like, I woke up in the mornings to go give him a kiss on the cheek, and he's gone, and I never no, saw him again. It's me. <laughs> I'm the one that's gone. <laughs> he goes to kiss me on the cheek, and I'm fucking out. He's like, I made you I'm coffee, dead. and you were gone. I'm like, yeah, I left. I'm dead. Like, God damn it, coffee's expensive these days. I can't be wasting it on people who leave first thing in the morning. Yeah, that's great. So funny. One thing that you know, like my partner and I have definitely experienced in the five years together is when things start feeling status quo, she gets a little nervous because she's never lived in a life where status quo is sustainable. And I have. Mm. So we've both had to adjust to, okay, if you're not feeling content with status quo, then let's talk about it. And Like expand on status quo. I mean, there are so many people who are just perfectly content getting up in the morning, having coffee, kissing the cheek, go to work, come home, go to bed. Oh, like redundant, stagnant, stagnant. Yeah. Stagnant. yeah. Oh, I'm not going to say stagnant because you can still enjoy that lifestyle. That can work for some people. That definitely works for some people. To me, it's stagnant. Yeah. Mm. That is stagnant as fuck. Uh-uh. That, is, that is the traditional definition of what marriages should be from yeah. this conservative culture that we all came from. Mm. Yeah. So sometimes you do need some bumps in the road. Sometimes you do need some hiccups. Sometimes you need to really reconsider, am I with the right person right now? You know, because your first thought might be to fly to someone that has gratified you sexually before or emotionally before or sexual mediator over here. Yeah. You need to get business cards made. Fuck yeah. You can have someone talk some sense into both of you and be like, "Um, no, you're just in a rut and you're both too tired, maybe too lazy or too distracted to understand how to get yourselves out of it. Do you want to know why I would be able to have that conversation with someone like real, real talk? Because I was married for 10 years. And it was stagnant. Right. I mean, we would go six month dry spells, honestly. Like wow. it was not healthy. We just weren't, we were roomies. Yeah. We were roommates, yeah. you know, and we were awesome co-parents. We still are awesome co-parents. He's a wonderful, he's fucking wonderful. But when we were married, it got stagnant. That's how I know that I can like literally be a permission slip or literally be a mediator for something like this because that's real shit, yeah. real talk. Like, yeah, that's the first step. You start feeling stagnant, switch it up. Fuck on the kitchen counter in the morning before you go to work. I don't give a shit. Do something. Do something. So that's beautiful. And you know what? Don't get stagnant. It's so unhealthy. Even in just the dating world. The dating world, for me, can get stagnant. Right. It's like, oh, fun. We're going to meet for dinner and do this. Oh, right. fucking fun. You're like, how is that helpful to me as a single mom? Like, yeah, Yeah. it's fun to go out and dress up and be fancy sometimes. But you're like, this is not actually practical. Like, why don't you take me grocery shopping? Fuck. Oh, my God. That is hard shit. Yes. (laughs) And then we'll fucking Costco. Let's go. Yes. Seriously. See? I'm look at, so look about at, it. I am I'm so too. about it. I'm like, oh, you want to come over and do my dishes and make me dinner? Yeah. That's what you want to do? Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, pay my mortgage or rent this month. <laughs> Save that dinner. I don't fucking care. Exactly. I'm not meeting you for coffee. Let's go. Like, let's take this up a notch. But yeah, that is sexy and hot. Um, stagnant is it, eh, eh. gross. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I, I love her, Antonio. <laughs> I do. I always bring good guests. I mean, well, she was Kristen's suggestion. So I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really do. I love you so much. You're adorable. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. 
Michelle, this is the point in the show where we give you time to plug all the socials you want people to follow you on. And I'm telling everyone right now, they are amazing socials to follow. What a great social presence. You have such an energy. You've got a lot of great coaching tips. And then you've got a lot of just great content for people to watch. So I'm going to plug my brand first. It's Absolutely. called Slink Movement, S-L-I-I-I-N-K. And that is a fully encompassing of everything that I teach. So I teach belly dance under that name. I teach floor work under that name. I have pole classes online mostly. I sometimes do in-person workshops with those. Um, and I teach twerk classes and fitness classes. I'm a, a movement coach and choreographer. So you can find all of my dance-related content at Slink Movement um, on Instagram. And then my studio is called The Velveteen Serpent. And that is actually here in Davis County. It's in on my property. And that's where I host all of my in-person classes and film my online classes, which can be found on Patreon. So if you're not from here or you don't have access or availability to come in person. You can always do it from your own home. Mm -hmm. And that is www.patreon.com slash the velveteen serpent. And I'll have all the links in the episode notes and on the website too. Oh, perfect. So I do that. I'm a personal trainer and I have a page called Michelle's Muscles on Instagram where you can follow my fitness journey and see my coaching stuff. I have a lot. I did a lot going on. My personal kind of a... is is Velveteen Serpent Queen, and that has dots in between. It's kind of long, but just think of the Velveteen Rabbit. You'll mm -hmm. remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I post a lot of like funny content, sexy content, just kind of whatever I'm feeling on that one, since it's my personal. Um, but yeah, that's like mostly what the ones I spend most of my time on curious curves is another one mm -hmm. for my outdoor photography. And I would like to push more into that realm this summer. Actually, I kind of like am fluid with what I put my focus on mm -hmm. sometimes. And so this summer I'm really trying to push into that. Um, and then I also have a hiking page. because I take <laughs> people hiking sometimes I'm a hiking guide. Um, and it's mountain goat Academy. I love that. It's awesome. Well, I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah, people of Utah, definitely jump in on those socials. There's just so many great things that Michelle offers. And then all of our listeners out of Utah, come to Utah, take a class. If you're stopping at Salt Lake City, yeah. visit the temple and visit the Velveteen Serpent Studio. Oh my God. <laughs> Do it all in one day. Do it all in one day. <laughs> Michelle, again, thanks for coming to the studio, having this great session. We can't wait to have you back. And when we do a video podcast eventually, we'd love to have you come back on so you can maybe do a demonstration for us. I don't know. The space is small. Or we could come to your place and we could do something there. I don't know. Ooh. Absolutely. Now we're talking. Always welcome in my studio. A field trip. Excellent. Diana, it was so great seeing you again. We've Thank got you. a lot of work because our next podcast we're going to record is hopefully going to be our for real video podcast. So yes, we got to get that moving. Yes, so everyone, we we've been teasing you for a long time. It's coming. We promise. We are just a bunch of teases. So everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Hello, we are a podcasting couple. I'm Brad. And I'm Denise. And if you're into true crime, paranormal activities, aliens, disappearances, or anything that's weird or unexplained, and let us assure you, you don't have to look any further. We have all that, plus much more. We release an episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. 
So join us at World's True Crime Podcast and download our episodes on all your major streaming platforms. And remember, the world is not always as it seems. No, it's not.